This is CT Startup, your source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it in here. Now it's time to enter into a world of innovation, a world of human struggles, heartbreak, and achievement. And most of all, a world of wonder. Welcome to CT Startup. Hey everyone, this is Eric Francis from Trifecta Ecosystems here with Chris. Hi guys, we're at the CCSU ITBD with Mike Rower of the uh, New Venture Clash. Yeah, president of challenge, the entrepreneurship. Challenge, yep. New <laughs> Venture Challenge, let's Look get that, that right. Yeah. I'm the one who's going to mess up right off the bat, that's how that's going to work. It works, so Mike, you're the president of the Entrepreneurship Foundation, right? That's right. So tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, kind of what the Entrepreneurship Foundation does here in Connecticut. Well, we work uh, through the schools to promote economic development through entrepreneurship. The taxpayers in Connecticut have invested billions in higher education and equipment, staff, software, etc. And we think that there's a real opportunity here to leverage that to create new businesses, new jobs. We've been doing a great job, I think, at our Connecticut colleges and universities of teaching entrepreneurship how to do it. And now through our Connecticut Consortium of Entrepreneurship Educators, we're moving from not just education, but to help those students actually implement, start those companies as students are shortly after they graduate. Mm, nice. So how long has the entrepreneurship, I always mess that up, <laughs> foundation been around? We've been around for 10 years now. Yep. And we were actually started uh, to do those things that are necessary to sort of fill some gaps in the economic development sort of ecosystem within Connecticut that can't be funded by the market system. For example, uh, one of the organizations that I've run in the past is Association of Private Equity Firms and Venture Capital Firms in Connecticut, New York, and elsewhere. And those kinds of organizations that bring together uh, companies, entrepreneurs, and major investors, like a hedge fund or mm -hmm. a private equity firm, where major deals get done that are in the millions of dollars, it's easy to fund an organization, an association of those players through sponsorship and memberships. Mm -hmm. But a startup, by, by definition, doesn't have a lot of extra cash to invest in sure. a membership, an association, or even sponsorships. The sponsors tell me, uh, well, come back to us when you have more 10 and $20 million companies in your association. <laughs> but you know, I keep you know, preaching, well, where do you expect those to come from yep. unless we have you know, a startup, more startups? So that's the, the function of the Entrepreneurship uh, Foundation, to, to do those things that aren't really that profitable, yep. and that's why we're a 501c3 nonprofit. Nice, nice. So we're, um, you know, like Chris mentioned, we're here at the ITDB um, in New Britain, and we're here for the New Venture Challenge. So tell us a little bit about that and what that actually, you know, what, what that is. Well, this too came about from a meeting uh, informally uh, over the years, uh, a group of professors from various public and private uh, colleges and universities through 
the CCEE, Connecticut Consortium of Entrepreneurship Educators. And we've been meeting for over 10 years now to trade, you know, share best practices, uh, war stories, and to sort of help promote entrepreneurship education in general within the state of Connecticut because we really firmly believe that, that small businesses are the future of the hope for the Connecticut and, and national economy. Mm -hmm. All economists, you know, don't necessarily agree on anything. The, the old adage is you string all the economists together and they won't reach a conclusion. <laughs> and, and, and except that they all are saying that, you know, don't look to the huge companies to create the jobs of the future. It's going to come from new startups like Trifecta yeah, yeah. Aquaponics, uh, you know, these, these young, fast-growth, dynamic companies. And that's what we can create through the uh, colleges and universities by trying to inspire and train uh, mm -hmm. students and connect them to the resources. So this is one of those, those resources to we hope inspire the students. So through the New Venture Challenge course, which is for credit, students come together from a variety of institutions, as many as eight. And, and we find in entrepreneurship, as you probably have, uh, Eric and Chris, that entrepreneurs learn from each other. Oh, yeah. There's sure. a lot of trial and error, and so, you know, exchanging best practices, networking, sharing leads, and so on is very important. And we find that bringing together students from different universities and different disciplines, marketing majors, engineering students, design majors, and you put those people together on a team, they can really create something great. <laughs> and they have to learn to get along, you know, when they graduate and they, they get a job somewhere, they're going to realize that marketing has to get along with engineering and it has to get along with finance. So you might as well learn that when you're in school and, and learn learn those cooperative skills. Oh, yeah. And that's, a, that's an interesting point because, you know, again, you know, you, you always have the engineers clashing with the marketing. Yes. That's, 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 that's an area I've had to deal with a lot because, you know, the marketing team wants to say one thing. The engineers right. like, don't you dare. Um, right. right. But, you know, one of the things I find interesting about this course is you're, you're asking them to come together in general industries that they're interested in. So I heard mentioned like green tech, food supply. So yes. there's still like a general um, shared interest in what these, these students are coming together to talk about. So they might be coming from different disciplines, but if they're still interested in green tech or whatever, there's, there's still like a uniting issue there. Sure, the disciplines and, and what they learn in their various schools are the tools to solve the problems. And that's what entrepreneurship is really about. It, it's solving what ails the world. And so the, the six topics that we have, for example, at, at this session that, that you folks are observing are current issues uh, confronting the, the world, the food supply, green tech, et, 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 et cetera. And so we're, we're putting these, these brightest young minds to work on coming up with solutions within the framework that we're trying to teach them of the most effective ways of identifying and articulating problems and then coming up with potential solutions 
validating those ideas through research and then implementing the, the, those best ideas. Mm -hmm. This is the new way of teaching and doing entrepreneurship. The old way was you sit alone in a room and you write a 120-page business plan based on what you think people want, what you think is going to work, and we found that that doesn't work. Yep. And so we, we're preaching more of an iterative approach. You think you know what the problem is. Well, stop there before you start coming up solutions. So today, that's what we're doing. Yep. We're, we're asking these students to come up with what they think are the pain points and then to do research and then interview people about those pain points to make sure you really understand the problem before you start coming up with solutions. Then come up with some hypothetical solutions and then start testing those in paper by interviewing people and do it incrementally so that instead of rushing out and spending you know, a million dollars on launching a new idea that that you can see without really getting input from potential customers and failing, fail on paper. Yep. And so, so I mean, you're, you're, what you're talking about is the business model canvas, right? And, exactly. the, and the lean startup yep. and so forth and so on. I mean, tell, tell us a little bit how you've seen that over the past 10 years, because I mean, I remember I, maybe seven years ago or eight years ago, I was in one of your business plan mm -hmm. competitions. And I remember, you know, Drew Harris, who's going to be on the podcast as well, like, I wrote a business plan. I did not go out and talk to people. I mean, I think one of the reasons why we won actually was because there was a customer on the the board that was like, I would use this. I understand it. I see it. So so tell us a little bit about how that has changed your perspective on actually how, how entrepreneurship well, uh, is done. Well, it has. That's a good point, Eric. Um, we sort of follow, try to preach and teach in our universities what the norm is or, and what the current and latest thinking is. And actually, we've pivoted because investors were coming to me. And I recruit investors to serve as the judges at the competition that you participated in. And that's part of the, the process. Uh, and so offering you the opportunity to pitch your idea to investors allows us to give you some you know, really professional feedback on the ideas. And so the investors were starting to balk at, at being judges. And they said, you know, that's not what we really want to see. We don't want to see that business plan. We don't want to read a 120-page business plan. Who does? I mean, we're, we're in the process of raising money, and we've, we, so we had a 100-page business plan. Like, you know, we, we, Trifecta, have a pretty complex business. And so we cut it down to 50, right? And then we cut it down, and we are in the process of raising money, and, and investors are saying, I do not want to see more than a 10-page business plan. Right. I right. really do not. And right. if you give me one, it's actually going to deter me from even, you know, investing. So, yeah, so it seems to be there's been a kind of a change from, like, the, the long business plan, the 100-page business plan and everything down to the, to the small stuff. So what have you been seeing from, like, the investor side? I mean, is that, that's what they're asking for, right? Yes, actually, uh, the pivot that, that we did here in Connecticut to move from the, uh, the long um, fictional <laughs> business plans to a, the lean launch uh, business model canvas, uh, the, the shorter approach, was actually uh, in response to the investors telling us that that's what they wanted to see. 
they didn't want to see what we thought would, would, would work and be the, the, the future. They wanted to see evidence that the, the student projects and their assumptions were correct by being validated by interviewing real live customers to make sure that yes, people would buy the product at the price uh, projected, uh, that you want to see the research on, on cost and, and, and market demand and so forth. Mm -hmm. so, so they need validated learning, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they need to go out there and I mean, the, the big thing I will have to say is that, so I went through the Reset Accelerator a few years ago um, in, in the process of, uh, in Trifecta and the biggest thing that I came from or got out of it was the fact of actually going out and asking customers if they're going to buy something before we had it. And, right. and like that, that's right. a, actually from an entrepreneurial standpoint, that's kind of scary. Mm -hmm. But, you know, after going through it, it's actually I feel more confident doing that than, you know, just coming up with an idea, putting it on paper and then going to talk to an investor because it's like you're getting the actual feedback. And some people say, yes, I'll buy it. And then you're like, so will you give me money to be like, yeah, and then, then, then you take it and then you're like, okay, then I got to go do it. <laughs> right, right. So um, so one of the things you kind of mentioned earlier on was that Connecticut has invested billions of dollars in their education system. So is that like the, is that one of the kind of the, um, the factors in why Connecticut can be a great place for startup ecosystem? Like, like is that a good, good place to start? I mean, because a lot of people always talk about Connecticut as like we don't have um, the it factor when it comes to startups and we don't have, you know, everybody kind of hates on Connecticut for different reasons. But it seems like you're kind of bullish on the idea that it's it's because our education resources is why we become like a, a good place for startups to be. Well, I, I think so. Uh, Connecticut has a lot uh, of very intelligent uh energetic young people with with good ideas we have uh, you know over 25 uh, universities in the state uh, we're also well distributed so there are a lot of opportunities for people although it may not be as apparent as say a New York State or Massachusetts w with these large cities that that are very visible centers but you know we have dozens of, of small towns where people can find affordable space, co-working space, uh, you know, affordable uh, living and, and, and so forth, all of which you know, seem to have a, a college or, or university. Mm -hmm. uh, and another thing I, that you kind of touched on is the, the diversity of the industries in Connecticut. You know, for a small state, there's a lot of different yes. things going on. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to look far to find an industry that's doing something neat around here. Yeah, we are the uh, the birthplace of Yankee ingenuity. Yeah, I, I you know I feel like people forget like we were one of the first revolutionary states and, yeah, and you know we did a lot of manufacturing stuff. This 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 place, a lot of really important stuff came out of Connecticut and it it does feel like we got away from that for a little bit. But we're starting to kind of circle on back. You know, everything's cyclical. We, we have smart people, and we're a very wealthy state. One of our weaknesses, however, is although we may be one of the wealthiest states in the, in, in the union, we don't, haven't done a really good job of matching up those financial resources 
with the new viable ideas. We, we need a more robust uh, angel investor program. We need more crowdfunding opportunities here. Uh, we're getting there, but uh, I don't think, I think we're a long way from our potential. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this is the, the second round of the new venture challenge, or like it was, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but started last year, the first kind of courses around it, or is this the first course that uh, is being launched? Uh, actually, this is the uh, fourth. The fourth, uh, iteration. Okay. Right, right. So, so talking about validated learning and right. so forth. We, we what keep what pivoting. Have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, have, what, have, what have you learned and what have you seen from like the student perspective on what they want uh, out of the courses? Well, one of the things that, that we've learned is that, you know, we started out with uh, students pitching solutions. Mm -hmm. You know, what's your idea for a business like a startup weekend? But we found that, um, you know, that still wasn't the best way to do it, that now we, we back it up one more step and let's, let's talk about the problems. You know, what are the real problems and identify those, do some research around the problems. Because if the solution doesn't perfectly match the problem or solve the, the, the problem, then, you know, you, you're starting out again on the, on the wrong track. So don't assume anything is, is correct, even your understanding of what, of what the problem is. Yep. So going forward kind of uh, in, in the state and, and um, what's going to happen over the next couple of years, what are the things do you think that um, Connecticut needs to kind of focus on or, and or the, the organizations around entrepreneurship? Because, you know, us on the podcast, we've interviewed a lot of people who are, um, you know, service providers and, and, and accelerators and so forth. What do you think that we need uh, to kind of focus on uh, in Connecticut over the next few years? That's a that's the sixty four thousand dollar question, <laughs> isn't it? In, in fact, uh, there was a um, legislation uh, recently, Public Act sixteen point three, that allocated ninety million dollars over the next five years to implement the right answer to that question you just asked. So is that uh, the innovation places uh, stuff or is that or is that uh, above and beyond that? The innovation places is section 5 of that act which okay. is one part of it. Uh, innovation places is I believe 5 million dollars a year over 5 years. There's also 2 million dollars a year allocated through implementation of programs uh, managed by the consortium of universities, mm -hmm. which is where the Entrepreneurship Foundation and, and our associations come into play. But I mentioned to you before that, you know, I think we've got you know, a lot of great ideas and we've got enough money in this state to fund those ideas. And I, I still think that, that the challenge right now is to <laughs> match those financial resources with the best ideas. The money isn't, it's there, but it's, I don't think it's flowing adequately into those businesses. Most of what we do in this state, and probably every state, is most programs are geared to what I call the Yale MBAs. These are, are people who are probably going to be successful no matter what. Yep. But there's a lot of <laughs> I, I, ideas out there with people who aren't you know, born with a silver spoon in, in, in their mouth that, that have a lot of drive. I mean, you know, immigrants, for example. You know, Google was formed by, you know, founded by, by immigrants. Tesla, SpaceX, you know, Elon's an immigrant. There you go. 
so I, I think we have to have more faith in, in, in the people and, and their ideas. And if we could find a way to just to help them fulfill their, their dreams by getting them the, the resources, not just funding, but the, the mentoring, the co-working uh, in space, in, in incubator space, and so forth, there, there's no limit to what, what we can accomplish. So it's those sort of fine points of managing the process that I think we need to do next. And I just want to touch on that because, you know, we've actually heard, been increasingly hearing that the money is out there. It's connecting the money right. with the right companies. Mm -hmm. And that, that seems to be an issue. You know, we've all seen these ideas that, you know, they just raised $20 million in funding. It's like, really? Mm -hmm. Really? Where? Why are you? Okay. But, you know, um, that seems to be increasingly a conversation. It seems like more and more people are having that discussion in the state about the money's here. How do we get it to the right people? And so, you know, I, I personally am hopeful we'll be seeing more and more progress because that seems to be a big part of the conversation right now. On the other side of it, too, is that it's just with part of this course, I would assume, is that getting the quality of both the ideas, but also the quality of the entrepreneur, right? Getting that that up there so then we can be seen as, I mean, Silicon Valley, they just have a lot more quality people or Austin or Boston, or, you know, they, they, they tend to just have these entrepreneurs that are willing to kind of really work through the problem, really work through the, the validated learning and get to the, the final solution that actually brings in the money. So. Um, so I hope, you know, the new venture uh, challenge course is uh, kind of one of those pieces of the puzzle. Um, and, I, I, I think so. That's the intention. We need to bring up the quality of our business proposals to the level that the investors expect, not expect the investors to lower their... To go ahead. Uh, on the financing, something I'd, I'd like to uh, emphasize is that it's actually easier to raise five or ten million dollars in Connecticut than it is to raise fifty thousand or five hundred thousand dollars and that's because our financing structures are geared toward um, the, the big money if you will venture capital private equity and so forth there aren't really uh, adequate number of processes and funds for the startups, and, and again, as I keep trying to preach, you're not going to have more five and ten and twenty million dollar companies unless you have more mm -hmm. startups. We have to fill the, the hopper and the pipeline, and not all those are going to be successful. So, if you want five years from now, ten more ten million dollar companies, you better fill the hopper with you know fifty you know or hundred mm -hmm. uh, ideas to uh, to get there. Uh, one of the things on a bright spot um, is, for example, the CT Next <coughs> Entrepreneur Innovation Awards, yep. uh, which provide $10,000 checks to worthy ideas, uh, no strings attached. Uh, and that's an, an example of what I think of that gap that we have to fill for the, the startup so we can get companies to the point where then they then bankable, uh, investable by uh, angel investors and, and venture capitalists. So we, it's kind of funny that you bring up the EIA because we were talking about the other day, um, you know, Trifecta, we were in the, the All-Stars, um, yeah, you know, right. we, we've, won a, mm -hmm. we've won a few of them. 
Um, but one of the things that from, again, from an entrepreneurial standpoint uh, and, and kind of going all in on the business model canvas and the lean startup and all that kind of idea is that it may be interesting to instead of uh, doing these competitions where people are getting money, they're getting customers. So, so, but, but, but honestly, so I think that it's, it's one of those things where nowadays it's actually easier to get $50,000, $100,000 worth of customer revenue than it is to necessarily raise that initial kind of angel investment kind of a thing. So we, you know, it's just kind of an idea that's been, you know, been floating around in my head. He's, that, he's been on this one. He's been on this one for a well, while. But, but it's honestly, especially for B2B businesses. For So B2B sales is very difficult, right? There's the, there's the whole hierarchy that you have to go through. You have to get five or six people to kind of agree that this is a purchase that we want to make. Mm -hmm. But what if there was a program to actually get these entrepreneurs in front of the people that would say yes and say, listen, I'm going to take a chance on you and I will give you dollars to try out the prototype, right? So that's always something that I, I always thought about was that can you you create those types of uh, programs where you get customers first, get the validated learning going, and then they go on to these other programs that help them raise that million dollars, five million dollars to really scale the business. So. No, I, I think you're onto something. So let's do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. All right, there you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, like. That's right. We're, we're committed. Well, now one of the things that, that uh, I, I try to tell entrepreneurs is that you, it's better to have a million dollars in customer revenue than a million dollars in investment. Oh, you got to pay the investment bank. You got to take, <laughs> yes, take yeah. the partners are going to tell you what to do and call you at three in the morning on Sunday wondering, you know, where, where their money is. Uh, so it's always better to first look for sales. And sometimes you can bootstrap a company just by organically, you know, making a few, selling a few, make a few more, mm -hmm. et cetera and not have to take in uh, outside capital and you know that's the better way to go you you, you keep all the all, all the the marbles but um, it, it's the challenge is that again I don't think what do we have those systems in place that you're talking about uh, Connecticut Technology Council has done that in the past where They've invited uh, companies to come, uh, small companies to come and have sort of a five-minute speed dating uh, mm -hmm. pitches to large companies. I know I, I spoke to Denise uh, Merrill, uh, Secretary of State, and she would like to do that. And so, you know, let's just do it. Yep. This, this isn't something that's going to cost a lot of money. Uh, we know we can. You participated as one of those buyer side customers mm -hmm. in one of our other programs, the uh, Innovation Challenge uh, yep. at, at launch weekend, and we had two other companies, uh, Bigelow T and ESPN, uh, and we've got more companies lined up for the next time we we do that. So. These are major companies that are actually pitching ideas to teams of students to come up with solutions. Well, that's sort of the, the same thing. Uh, and I think that, you know, the companies would do it because, you know, major companies are looking for better sources of supply, better solutions to their problems, cheaper solutions, uh, 
closer to home solutions. Mm -hmm. And I'd much rather buy from a company, if you're in Hartford, to buy from somebody in New Haven, you know, rather than Hong Kong. Exactly. It, yep. it, it, it's a lot cheaper. Nice. So, um, so Mike, I appreciate you coming on and kind of talking about stuff, but. Um, if you have any kind of piece of advice, because you tend to be working a lot with the, um, you know, with the education and uh, and the professors, what kind of advice do you have, or uh, kind of ask you would have for uh, entrepreneurship, business professors, or any other professors that are looking to kind of uh, get their students more involved in the startup ecosystem? Oh, it's a good question. Uh, we have a, a, a whole menu uh, of programs that are free to the the schools. Uh, it is any, typically no charge to the students unless there's a textbook involved mm -hmm. in something like this particular course, and the textbook is, is 1995. So uh, these are not phone numbers we're talking about. And again, uh, never a cost to the schools. Uh, just ring us up. We're entrepreneurshipfoundation.org, and I'll be happy to come out and meet with whomever you know at, at, at the colleges and uh, to, to get them involved. And a good place to start is to come to one of our informal gatherings of professors to just you know share your thoughts and problems with others and, and we do help each other out. Very cool. Well again, thank you very much Mike and uh, you know we'll continue to see the progress that you guys have been doing. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More Connecticut startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. Finally, we would like to thank both Sublime Exposure Online and Mirtha Kalima for providing resources and space to CT Startup, which make this show possible. See you next week.